0: everybody welcome back to the who's Your band podcast uh i am joined again by my great hook co-host uh mr sean morton how are you sean
1: no oh, what's going on ugly how are you uh feeling
0: good man we had a great uh episode last week huh
1: oh, i loved it great episode rob caggiano from
0: volbeat excellent yeah. episode great the guy were great we we appreciate the people like listening and following and subscribing. That you guys really came through for us last week, and you know we have an amazing show today. We yes, have now we, just, now we
1: just bring back another dirtbag comic, which is fantastic. <laughs> it's The way it should be, I love it. Uh,
0: this guy's my favorite man. He he's uh, you know him from Crank Yankers, you know him from that metal show, uh, FX's Louis, uh, Barstool Sports, and so much more, which we'll get into. Uh, it's my honor to welcome Mr. Jim Florentine. How are you, Jim?
2: What's going on, man? Rob's a good dude, man. Uh, you know, yeah. guy, he's got a great career. I mean, you know, originally, for, you know, playing with Anthrax for a long time and then doing Volbeat. he also, you know, he also produced and helped write the Jim Brewer's rock album, too. Isn't yeah, we cool? touched on that. Yeah. Yeah. He was, which is he good. Tells
0: he worked with Springsteen, you know, you know, and he's a Bronx guy, New York guy. Yeah. So, yeah. W- w- a really uh, awesome dude. Um. Hey, so we're, we're happy to have you today. I mean, we're really excited. Uh, no, I always want to ask you, when did you get your start in comedy, and where were you? Because you didn't you live in Florida, New Jersey? I thought you lived in New York.
2: Yeah, I lived, yeah, I didn't. Um, I started in, actually, in Florida. I want you know, I was doing radio, like college radio, and then I was on this really small station in, um, in Hazlitt, New Jersey. It was like a 100-watt station. I was doing like the morning show there, and I was doing a night shift, all the shit. I really liked radio. That's what I really wanted to get into. And I was DJing in like rock clubs, but then I realized I couldn't say what I wanted to say on the air. You know, and it was just frustrating. I wasn't trying to be Howard Stern, but I'd throw a joke in here or there. Like, no, don't do it. Just do the time and the weather and play the next song and that shit. And it was just like, it wasn't really. Nothing.
0: Which rock clubs were you in?
2: I was I was the DJ at the at the Birch Hill. The, oh, sure. Yeah, I was a Friday night heavy metal DJ there. I had my own DJ business, DJing weddings and parties and all that shit, so. Um, you know, I was always interested in stand-up. I just thought I would go a different way. And then once I, they said I couldn't say what I wanted to say, that really fucking annoyed me. And then eventually I said, I'm gonna just start writing some jokes. I'm gonna go out to open mic one night one night and just see what happens. It took me about a year to actually get the balls to get up on stage, because I was mm-hmm. petrified. But I went, I was on vacation in Florida with a girlfriend at the time. And we're driving from the airport and I saw this place say open mic night, Tuesday night. And I saw him like, this is perfect. So I already brought my notebook with all my dumb jokes in it. And I said, I'll, I'll perform here because nobody knows me. I was petrified to perform in front of people that I knew. So I, I went up in an open mic down there. And I just, and some guy, the guy that was the host was so crazy. He goes, hey, you know, um, he goes, I live in Woodbridge, New Jersey. And I do an open mic every Tuesday if you want to come down. And that was like 20 minutes from my house. The guy was in Florida and he was the host. So I, and I just started going there every Tuesday after I went on stage that one time. How old were you? I was 25. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. So I started late. I wish I would have started at 18 or 19, but I didn't have my shit together. Yeah, me I too. was just fucking, you know, d- DJing, trying to bang strippers and all that shit. So I wasn't, you know.
1: At the Marley Bone.
2: Yeah, the Marley Bone and 4-5-16. Uh, <laughs> I want a free turkey at the Marley Bone. I don't <laughs> know if you guys know that strip club. It's like this sleazy strip club that... Me and my friends went there probably like ten years ago. on a, uh, The night before Thanksgiving, they were doing a raffle for a free turkey, and I won it. And I'm like, "Well, how am I, How can I bring this home to my family?" <laughs> I wanted a strip club, so I left it in the parking lot.
0: Didn't you? You and Norton were roommates when you guys were first starting out. Didn't you do open mics at uh, there was a strip club? It's still there on 34.
2: Yeah, uh, the Route 35. It was called Art Stock's Playpen. That was he owned the. Uh, uh, the Birch Hill too, which was the, mm-hmm. the heavy metal club. Right. And the playpen did like metal shows too, but they didn't have anything going on on Monday night. So I was the DJ. I would DJ there on Wednesday nights, I think it was. And I just said, could I start an open mic night here? A comedy night on Monday. It, it was it was strippers during a day. And then at night it was a rock club. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. So I was DJing during a day with the strippers and then doing the show that night. And that's how I met Norton, because he came around.
0: It was always well, front of it right up the block from there i mean less than a mile few just a few um, uh feet away there's a club there called black betty's and we, we up until recently we were still doing uh comedy club uh, comedy shows and uh secret open mics there you know with uh, matt bridgestone who you know uh, yeah we yeah. would do this every tuesday night we do like you know just a chance to work out stuff and then go upstairs and uh do shots and uh, get lap dances Apparently,
1: they're actually doing, they're stripping in the parking lots right now
0: at Black Betty's. Yeah, they have, they have, um, they have a tent and, and, and the stage and yeah, they play heavy metal music and yeah. How white
1: trash do you have to be not only to be a stripper, but to fucking strip in the parking lot of a strip club?
0: Do you know how many comedians go to that place? Yeah, your your co-host is one.
2: You know what I don't know. You know what I don't understand. I just realized this a a couple of weeks ago when I drove by that Thirty Five Club, the all nude strip club, which used to be the playpen, is open and it's packed every night. I drive by the fucking parking lot is packed. Really? How is that going on? I think it's it's essential for fucking married guys. You're able to go inside? Yeah, it's the parking lot is mobbed.
1: We went there one time and for like I think it was like a a holy field fight or UFC and like the guy's like, Yeah, it's like $45 to get in. I'm like, Well, does that come with a blowjob? Because there's no reason I'm ever spending $45 to walk into a strip club.
2: Well, that one's like twenty or twenty-five to get in, but it's bring your own. So if you bring a case of beer with you with your friends, it's worth it. That's true. That's that's I probably the easy.
0: difference. Maybe that's the reason why you can go inside.
2: I don't, but still, you are you Aren't you not supposed to be inside businesses and all that shit? I don't no, know. No, you're not. I think at minimum capacity. Okay. Well, like, anyway, I, that parking lot is. I'm. I, I'm fascinated by it. I find isn't it right? I and there's a
1: really dirty strip club that's like down the street from there. Like, like if you go off the highway. Yeah. It's the real, real disgusting place. And like, I, we were gonna go there one night, and then like, I just heard like on the news, yeah, there was like a mass shooting. Some guy went down the with an AK-47, which just blowing people away. Like in the parking lot.
2: That one hasn't reopened yet. I, I I drive by, I always look. You know, I'm always interested in what you but I was yeah. gonna go. I wanna go in that thirty-five club, but I'm like, I can't go in by myself. That's all right. That's,
1: we're gonna go next week. Sad. We're going next week.
2: Yeah. I mean if you're gonna did catch a you... coronavirus, you might as well catch it at a strip club. You might as well of have course. fun. Well, of course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jim, did you ever play any instruments?
2: No, I never did. I tried. I was a lefty, so all my friends were were in bands growing up and stuff, but they were like righty and you know, like, I don't know how to teach you, you know, start learning righty, but I just couldn't play anything righty. And I tried to sing. I just didn't, I just didn't have an ear for music. I wanted to be in a band. That was my original uh, thing, but I just didn't have it.
0: Hmm. Um, and then I, I got questions all over the place here because there's so, you have such an interesting career and such an interesting life. Uh, but one of the things that that um, my, my son who is, uh, he's in college, he's a young kid. Um, he loves you. Him and his friends love you. And what, re- what they really love about you is they were turned on by your first joke book.
2: Oh, no, awful jokes, my first <laughs> joke book.
0: Let me tell you, they still quote that shit all the time. They think it's the funniest thing they have ever heard. It's like how awful the jokes are and then your commentary afterwards. I mean, these are kids who are 18, 19 years old that, that play this on a loop all the time.
2: I should do a volume two then. What happened was when I moved, um, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago, I was going through my old shit, getting rid of it. And I found my first comedy notebooks. That when I first started, I had a whole bunch of them and I started looking through them and I couldn't believe how bad the jokes were. Mm-hmm. I was like so embarrassed that I found them. Like, I remember I had them in my car and I was gonna go, d- I didn't want to dump them in my own, my own uh, garbage because I thought the garbage might take them and I'd be embarrassed they'd read them. So I, bought- I remember they were in my car, I was gonna dump them in a basket in New York in Garbage in New York City when I was there one night. And I go, let me just hold on to them. I go, you know what, I'm gonna do them on my podcast. I'll just start reading them and people love them. So I wound up doing a whole album about them, just these bad jokes that I thought were great. You know, whenever you first start doing comedy, everything you write you think is gonna be amazing. You, you know, you think you should have an own HBO special within six months. You know, you can't edit any jokes. Everything has to be this long. I can't take anything out. You have no clue what you're doing. I sort of, and when I started, a lot of guys were doing puns for some reason. So I, I, I was always writing jokes that were puns. It was fucking terrible.
1: Jeff still does that with the notebooks, but it's just called his act right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> That's cool. Like, the, the young kids are into that. I, you know, I, I, I do have enough to put out a volume too. I never thought about it, but um, I don't know. Maybe I will.
0: Um, they, they love that, and they love the, um, the uh, terrorizing uh, telemarketers.
2: That shit is, I, it's amazing that people still like that stuff. And it's oh, like, it's great it stuff. grows by the day of that shit that I put out years ago. You know, and it's, it's amazing that people are rediscovering it, you know, which is great.
1: I had a great story, a, a great... You no, know, it's, sorry
2: to interrupt you. That's why I was two minutes late because I was on the phone with a telemarketer. No way. I have, the, I have the phone system hooked up again to record and maybe do another album since I've been that's great. Yeah, and I was just, like, oh, that's why I was a few minutes late. The like, guy was he was trying to it was some tax company saying look if you have IRS trouble and i'm like yeah i have i, I just agree to whatever the fuck they say and he goes all right listen we need 1500 dollars and we'll get you out of the trouble with the IRS i go why would i give you guys money when i already owe the IRS money if i had money i'd just fucking pay them <laughs> so now you want me to give you another 1500 on top of the money that i don't have and the guy's like i don't know what to tell you i go well why would you call me but it 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 wasn't a great call but it was just this company wanted $1,500 to solve my IRS problems. When I told them, I have you no told him, Sugar Lips? Huh?
0: Is that what you told them, Sugar Lips?
2: Yes, no, Pumpkin Lips.
0: A pumpkin that, <laughs> yeah. That's the one that everyone loves, too. That guy's reaction, like, sir, please don't go. <laughs> I didn't I didn't a, it was
2: a big black guy. They don't like that gay talk, which is great. I <laughs> knew you could hear it in his voice. Please don't talk to me like that. I don't like that, that, that sweet so cheeks and stuff. Funny.
0: Holy I was shit, working was with
1: uh, I was working with Don probably I don't know maybe eight or nine years ago at Uncle Vinny's, and I think he popped in to do a guest spot or something like that. So my friend comes all the way down from Bayonne where I live, and he's he's making a big night out of it. You know, I'm going to see my friend perform. To, he's a big metal dude too, you know, so he's all decked out with his Testament T-shirt, his King Diamond jacket. And he goes, "Yeah, see this bottle of wine I got?" I'm like, "Yeah, what is it?" He goes, "It's Warrant wine." I'm like, what the fuck is warrant wine? He goes, Oh, Warren, put out a bottle of wine. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Was it expensive? He goes, Yeah, 85 bucks. I just want the bottle. I'm like, that's cool. And then I walk over to you and I was like, yeah, I'm going introduce you to my friend Tommy. He's like, oh, that's pretty cool. What's that bottle you got? Oh, it's a bottle of warrant wine. Can I have it? And <laughs> fucking Tommy, I never saw this kid's heartbreak. <laughs> quicker in my life but he's like I, I gotta give it to him and he handed you the fucking bottle i don't know if you remember that but i just i, I laughed to his day because he still was like i got all these bottles of wine but i still don't have the warm wine i gave it to florentine
2: wait did i take it though yeah you did <laughs> and you i didn't took it, it right from his hand <laughs> oh wait, wait, it was an empty bottle all right empty
1: bottle yeah <laughs> okay because
2: I, I have it still in my basement because I was because I, uh, Queen Drake had a wine and I think White oh, yeah. Snake. So I always just collected them. I just kept them, whatever. But I, I have that empty bottle of wine. I remember thinking a couple of years ago, when did I actually drink this? Because I usually don't drink the wine.
1: Yeah. You stole it from your friends. Totally fine. That's,
2: that's where I, now I know where I got that from. <laughs> and I got that from Don. Don did this. He had this, this guy. I remember we were doing gigs in Vegas, and this guy had this really nice watch. He was in like a cover band. And we we're talking to him, Don goes, oh, man, I love that watch. The guy goes, really? He goes, Don goes, can I have it? The guy goes, "Um, yeah. And he goes, all right. He goes, yeah. And he took it off and he gave it to Don. He goes, Don goes, thanks. And he just put it Don just put it on and pretend like nothing was going on. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then next night he wore it when we went to sort of see the band. The guy was like so mad, but he didn't want to ask for the awesome. watch back. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I just asked. And the guy gave it to me. So
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, when you were growing up, you were a big wrestling fan. Yeah. And, and I love this story, <laughs> like didn't you, didn't you flirt or um, go, go out with like this big obese guy for, for wrestling seats, for good seats?
2: Well, I didn't know what was going, I mean, I was 14, I should have known better. But yeah, this guy was selling wrestling pictures, this fucking fat creepy guy outside the venues and stuff. So we'd go to him, and he, my dad would take me to the matches at the garden. And he takes some friends friends of mine and shit. And we'd always meet up with this guy in the same spot selling pictures, you know, because he was in the front taking the pictures. And then, you know, he's like, hey, man, I'll mail some to your house if you want. We're like, fucking yeah. And then we went to Asbury Park Convention all on our own. Our parents let us probably, at, yeah, like 14, take the train down there and go to the match and I guess pick us up afterwards. And um, he was there. And we were all in the, you know, in the nosebleed seats there. And he came up in between one of the matches. He goes, hey, he goes, you know, I got, a, I, I got some seats in the front row. If you guys want to come down there. We're like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I got two seats. So me and my friend Mike went down. And we went down to the front row. It was in between a match. And it was only one seat. We go, where's the other seat? He goes, oh, he goes, somebody's going to have to sit on my lap. And I'm like, what? <sighs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? He said, he goes, no, one seat's mine. He goes, someone's going to have to sit on my lap. I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. And then all of a sudden, the match was starting. Like Andre started coming out, I'm like, "Holy shit, he's fucking standing right there!" I'm a little kid. I go, oh, "I fuck it," and I sat on the guy's lap, and he was like nibbling <laughs> on my ear during a match.
0: Just did he up. sleep over your house?
2: Front row.
0: Did he ever sleep <laughs> over your sleep house? Row.
2: <laughs> yeah, he did sleep over my house. That was all a thing. Like he became, <laughs> he became. It was weird because <laughs> he became friends with all the kids in the neighborhood because we're all wrestling fans. And, you know, he he my dad knew him when we'd see him outside Madison Square Garden. And he goes, yeah, I want to come over and hang with the kids one weekend. And my parents thought it was weird. So my parents and a couple of the pa- set of parents, we had him over for dinner one time, just to feel him out to see if he was okay to hang around with kids. Like they were a little concerned. And then after the dinner, they go, yeah, I guess he's okay. And then he fucking slept over and he, he slept in a guest room, whatever, and he came in my room in the morning and was fucking trying to put his hand down my pants. <laughs> So my, brother, my old older you? brothers, I was still four, 14 was or 15.
0: Still, 14, 15 years old?
2: <laughs> yeah, somewhere, yeah, 14 or 15, yeah. And my older brothers, I told them what happened, and they fucking went up beating the shit out of the guy and dropped him off at the bus stop. And, and, then, he, and
0: then he winds up getting arrested for being a pedophile, right?
2: Yeah, he's on the Sex offenders website. He's living in Thailand now. I told that story on Howard Stern, and I had like 15 different people contact me, email me, saying, dude, I know this guy he did the same shit to me like he did it to so many kids oh wow
1: that's insane. listen if you're gonna go to, if you were I a kid the pictures.
2: So he, when he when he touched my like he put his hand on my pants i told him i'm gonna go tell and he's like hold on i'll give you like 20 pictures if you don't say anything so i took the <laughs> pictures i was pretty fucking savvy as a 14 year old and then gotta, after I, I got the pictures then i told my brother so and i still got the pictures
1: yeah oh, that's good. Yeah, hey, so you Your fourteen-year-old 14 dick is touched, but you got a junkyard dog picture. So it's all it all worked out fine.
2: I got superstar Billy Grant I got Ivan Call off with the belt. That was oh, a fucking oh. rare one. He didn't have it long. It's Listen, funny because it, when I when I got that it. picture from, he goes, "That's gonna be worth a lot of money." And I remember looking it up like seven years ago. It was worth nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you got a great story out of it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: absolutely. Yeah, that's it was part, part of my favorite like, that I did. I told that story, and yeah.
0: Jim, which show did you enjoy doing uh, more, the uh, Stern Show or O&A?
2: Um, I don't, you know, I, I like both of them, probably O&A because, you know, you were on with other comics, but the Stern Show was great. I mean, because Artie was there when I was on, so, you know, me and Artie were good friends and then me and Stutter and John was on the show and Casey, so I knew every, You know, I, I probably stayed at Stern Show because I really was what, you know, helped my career out big time in the beginning.
0: Is that what you, know, you did first? You did Stern first and then went to ONA?
2: I did ONA a couple of times, and then uh, I got an offer to go on the Stern show. You know, I went in a couple of times with Jim. Jim didn't have the job yet, Norton, but he was going in a lot of times, and he brought me in a couple of times. I started to get to know him a little, and then the Stern show offered me to come in and sit in the chair for one day and basically, you know, come in. So uh, I said, yeah, I'm definitely going to take that opportunity because I was a bigger, I was a huge Stern fan growing up, you know, listened and... uh I remember I sent Opie an email. I said, dude, I go, I got an offer to go on the Stern show. I just want to let you know. He's like, yeah, no problem, man. Good luck. Hope it works out for you. I just wanted to let them know that I was going to, you know, and then they wound up take a liking to me. So you kind of had to pick sides back in the day on what show you were going to go on. So, you know, once Stern started liking me, I don't know. I'm staying here.
0: What caught Stern's ear about you? Was it, was it the uh, telemarketers?
2: Yeah, it was the telemarketers. He started playing it. You know, I knew Gary. And Don Jameson knew Gary, too. So Gary used to host a lot of comedy shows. Like, they would hire him so they'd get the plug on the air. Right. So um, I was on a line. So I knew Gary for a long time. And then we, we, me and Don dropped the CD off, the first one I did. And, and um, Gary goes, all right, listen, if it's fun, we'll go into his office. If it's funny, Howard, we'll play it. And I saw, like, a 1,000 CDs on his desk. I'm like, "He's ain't He's just saying that. I'm like, whatever. And the next morning, he started playing it. And it was perfect timing because that's when Jackie left the show. So it was an opening for, you, you know, unknown comics to come in, which they never had before that. They always have just bigger comics come in. They never had unknowns. So was yeah, you must time. have had good
0: chemistry right off the bat because you wind, up, uh, you wind up dating Robin for a little bit, right?
2: Yeah, that was years later. But, yeah. But, I, look, I knew you know going in, I knew the show because I listened to it. So I knew the vibe of the show. You know, I knew when to j- jump in and what to say and what not to say and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I-, I had an advantage, definitely not just, you know, because I-, I was such a big fan. It was nerve wracking going in for the first time. I'm like, holy shit, man. I used to listen to these people. Now I'm fucking here. I better not fuck this up, you know. Were you nervous? Yeah. But I just go, all right, look, this is my one shot. If I don't, if I, you know, if I fuck this up, I might never get on here again. So I remember like, it, like the, as soon as he went on the air, he said, hey, we got this guy, Jim Florentine, sitting in, he does these funny prank calls. And he, right, right away, he started telling a story about him and his girlfriend at the time, Beth, walking down the beach and they saved some bird or whatever, and he goes, I had a tear in my eye because it was injured. I go, Howard, check your pants for a penis. Like that, and I got a big laugh. That was like fucking two minutes into the first show. He started laughing because he said he started crying. I'm like, Yeah, whatever. And then he's like, Oh, I like this guy. He goes, You sound perfect on the air, like when he went went to commercial break. He goes, That's perfect. I love what you're doing.
1: That's a very similar story to me, because I've I've you know, I've idolized Jeff Paul for, for so long. And now look at me, I'm I'm a co host on a podcast with him. <laughs>
0: uh, Jim, yeah. <laughs> He's such a dick. Um, <laughs> but, but I love him. I love him.
2: That was the worst thing I hated about the, the lockdown was not ball busting. There was no ball busting going on. because oh. nobody could see each other. And I I remember finally getting together with my friends. I'm like, all of us, we got went to my uh, nephew's in like, I don't know, probably it was around May. And we're like, we can't just wait to fucking just ball bust.
1: Oh, yeah. I got a show tomorrow night with three like good friends who are comics. And I'm like... Yeah, we're all getting there like an hour and a half early, right? Just to beat the shit out of each other. Oh right, yeah, like six thirty. Can't yeah. wait.
0: Right. Hey, Jim, when you uh you also opened for Metallica, Uh is that a hard gig for a comic to do? Because I mean, you got like like diehards who just want to see the band, and then you pop up, and they're not expecting a comic. What describe what kind of gig that is like?
2: The Metallica one was actually a little easier. It was that Orion Fest. They did that in Atlantic City uh, a few years back where they did, two. They, it was a three-day festival. And then they did the, the Black Album from beginning to end. And then I think they did Ride the Lightning from beginning to end, they, each night, different show. And they also book comics. They had like five different stages. So they had like a comedy stage. So people knew what they were going to. We weren't, like, on the main stage. There was other shit going on on the main stage or whatever, but, you know, people actually flocked to the comedy stage. The the most nerve-wracking thing was Lars introduced me, you know, because they were introducing a lot of the acts and stuff like that, and I think Hetfield introduced Don. Don did it, too. That wasn't that bad. When I opened for uh, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax, that was tough because they didn't know it was on the show. I mean, that metal show was on the air, so they... They kind of knew me, most of the crowd, but still they didn't know I was even coming out. And that was a fucking battle. And that was like inside, in arenas and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be brilliant.
2: Um, it was rock, yeah.
0: What's going on with that metal show? Anything, that, I used to love that show. I think you know, there's plenty of people who listen to this show who are into heavy metal music, who are into to rock and roll music. That was like the one thing that, you know, that that was catered towards us. Any chance of that coming back on another network?
2: Hopefully, I mean, at some point, we're trying, you know, we don't own the show. It's like, you know, we just, the guys who host it can't just bring it somewhere. You know what I mean? Like actors on a TV show can't just go, I'm going to bring fucking, you know, Yellowstone over to Showtime now. No, I thought you
0: guys created, though. I thought like maybe you, uh, Eddie, and uh, Don created that. They they, they they own it, you know what
2: I mean? The networks uh, never give you fucking rights to a show. They just, you know, they go, look, so we'll put you on the air, but it's our fucking show. They take everything, basically, you know, like. So uh, who knows, you know, some some place might pop up and we might do it a different version. You know, maybe it's not called that metal show, you know, but for now, I don't think anyone's spending any money on any programming. So we'll see. Look, Crank Anchors came back. It was off the air in 2007 and fucking 12 years later, it comes back. So hopefully it won't be 12 years.
0: Did you create that show?
2: No. You just and did a... I mean, that was Kimmel and Corolla that was their creation. I just got hired. I got hired from them here in my telemarketer calls on the Stern Show because they listened to the show out in L.A. and they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy with these calls? We like this guy, you know." So that's how I got that gig just from Stern playing those calls.
0: I think you had the most identifiable uh, character on Crank Anchors. That's why I kind of thought that you uh, created it when you you had special ed.
2: Yeah. So I called him retard on my albums, and they're like, look, we can't call him retard because you're going to be on Comedy Central, so we're going to we're gonna soften the name of them, call him Special ed. I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't care. I think
1: it's one of those words we've got to bring back.
2: I think so, too. You know, it,
1: it's, it's I get the whole
2: PC bullshit, but like,
1: you know, like, Jeff is retarded. You understand? Like, that's, we don't mean it in a bad way. It's just no. how he is.
2: Yeah, and stupid doesn't sound good, moron. It just doesn't, right. you know, Hack, really happens words. at all. Like, like how Jim just like
0: went in there and just, like, agreed with you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying, though, that re- the word retard really hammers a point home, not like he's just, you know, just stupid. He's a moron. It just doesn't... You get, yeah, you
1: know, he's not talented. talented. <laughs> he's unfunny. No, he's a no,
0: hack. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. That's a. I'm, I'm, I'm all these horrible <laughs> things. Yes, I'm. I'm. T- you know what? You know what I'm into? I'm into, I love. Uh, I love football. No know Jim. You're a big uh, fancy football player. I understand. Is that true? No. <laughs> Yeah, no, not into. I don't, even know,
2: I don't even acknowledge it. You, you not even. Know-
1: my friends, You're my still- friends asked me the other night if I wanted to join a fantasy football league because they had one extra spot. I said no, thank you. They go, why? I said, I like pussy.
2: Yeah, exactly. I've asked you to be in the league before or after. You want to blow me? Or, no, you know, it's
1: fucking okay. insane.
2: No, it's I, I. Well, you know, it's funny because I always said, look, if my kid wants to play, you know, because sometimes a dad will play with the kid or whatever. I go, I, I can't rule it out because I have a son. So I, I, actually, he's going to play in his own league or whatever, and I, am setting it up, and I got to, you know, I'm not, I don't have any part of it, but I. Are have you the, whole,
0: the commissioner?
2: Fuck no. Whoever the commissioner is should fucking die. He's a. Retard, You're not the commissioner. The is. <laughs> I yeah, like how you've get,
0: never, you've never softened your stance on this.
2: No, I won't. I've, i never changed in any way ever. My comedy has never changed. I'm just the fucking same guy I've always been. And I'm not going to soften up on fantasy football. It's fucking stupid, all right. I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a Miami I'm Dolphin fan. I'm, I'm not rooting for the fucking Ravens defense so I can get 12 points on a Sunday. I so want you draft the, Dra- the Dolphins defense. I want. To, they, why, why, I would never take the Dolphins <laughs> defense, and I'm not going to root for any other team but Miami. So I'm not going <laughs> to fucking root for the Ravens defense when when you know they're both going for a playoff spot. And I don't like the Ravens because they kick fucking Miami's ass. So I'm. They I'm do. Not rooting for any receiver. I'm not rooting for fucking Pittsburgh's receiver. I'm not doing any of that shit.
0: You can call your team the Geminators. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I
2: know. Yeah. Yeah. The Sperminators <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that's real fun.
1: You know, I you gotta, do have I a have soft done. side though. I will I will say I I did get the pleasure of seeing your one man show that you did at the uh producer's theater.
2: Yeah, you know, when you go yeah, of course. When you go through some shit and stuff, you know, you, you then but like fantasy football for like a, a a big football fan. Like if I if I really didn't care about football or didn't have really a, a team that I liked, then i I might play it, but still I'd rather just gamble on a game. I know they say technically fantasy football is gambling, but I'd rather just put money on a game. That's more exciting. It well is. yeah.
1: My friends were like, Hey you want to join the league? And I'm like, Well what's the buy in? They're like twenty five bucks. I'm like, You think I'm gonna watch sixteen weeks of fucking
0: football? <laughs> I, <for $25? laughs> I know. Twenty five dollars? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, we Make do sure a New York, York
2: Comics League, you know. Oh, you, like got, you know, that must North be North real fun during the week when you do trades, Ooh.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and sometimes, like, sometimes like we should talk each other too. Yeah. I, mean, well, I know, I, I know.
2: I, through the emails, yeah, you know, I'm 12 points ahead. Wow, that's a man yeah. to calm down,
0: yeah. It gets, it gets a little crazy because, like, you know, we'll yeah. have like a we get like a, a draft and like, well, we'll drink craft beers. I know you're a big craft beer guy, yeah, too. Yeah.
2: I love that. I love anything with a fucking, you know, fruit in the beer. That's great. You know, <sighs> I wonder if the commissioner ever step in when you guys are ribbing each other during a week because, you know, you don't want to get out of line.
0: You don't want it to go too far. You're right about <laughs> yeah. that. You don't want it to go too far. <laughs> he said he goes, that's enough, guys. And then yeah. and then, and then, we, and then, and then we all kind of bring it to a, to a,
2: a simmer. Um, I can't believe what I'm missing after all these years. <laughs> I can't believe it.
0: How, how about ketchup? You, you, did you soften the stance on ketchup?
2: I, look, I, I was on 01A one morning and Rick's boss got a fucking egg white wrap or something and he put, started putting ketchup on it. I go, what the fuck Gross. you putting ketchup on that for? Ugh. He goes, why not? I go, it's stupid, you don't have to put, and then I'm like, ketchup is for kids. I, I, I did that when I was, a, I, I remember stopping in like my 20s, so I put ketchup on it, like my eggs and in and the diner and I'm like, why am I putting ketchup on this? It doesn't need it. It's just like, I go, it's just a habit of yours. And then I just went off on ketchup and everyone thinks I hate it. I rarely use it. I mean, I'll use it on a hamburger or something, but you really don't need it. You just, it's liquid sugar is what it is. A hundred percent. Only
0: There's only two things that you could put ketchup on.
2: It's okay on a hamburger or off the grill or something like that. It fucking helps it or whatever. But other than that, it's like, you really don't need it on your fucking eggs. You don't no, need it on no, your No, it's fries. disgusting.
0: I, no, the smell alone is, is gross. And what? And what about LeBron James? Last time I think I was with you, or we we were talking. We both had this stance. Like LeBron comes across, as, you know, he's kind of like a disingenuous guy. You agree?
2: He's a phony. He just does things for attention. I just I just saw before. I was talking to my friend today who hates LeBron, and you know LeBron decided they weren't going to play last night. Ooh. You know, okay, like the Giants and Dodgers didn't play their baseball game last night. The protest, right? Right. So you know what they did? They're playing a doubleheader today. Whoa, that really did something. <laughs> so it was basically a rainout last night. Ooh, you really showed us. So now you're playing two games today. Ooh, but LeBron is so full of shit. Like he likes to cause all this drama. He's a fucking drama queen. You know what I mean? So he's like, okay, we're not playing. And then LeBron left the meeting and says he wants to just cancel a season and not show up and, you know, the NBA just cancel the rest of the playoffs. And I told my friend this morning, I go, he's just doing that to build up more drama. He's not walking away from it. There's no way. Watch at the last minute. All right, we're going to play. And that's what happens today. LeBron changes his mind at the last minute and they're going to play. Fuck that guy. He's full of shit. He doesn't know anything about it. He's, he's he's taking pictures with the press holding uh, Malcolm X's fucking um, uh, autobiography because he knows the press is coming in the locker room. He's sitting there staring, reading the book. He's on page two every fucking time they take that picture. <laughs> <What a> <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> phony. You I think they are I mean, allowed to see right through that fucking guy.
1: A lot of people I know from the Cleveland area say the same thing. They never liked him when he was on the Cavs.
2: Because he'd wear a Yankee hat to fucking to an Indians game, like he's a no, bandwagon. He to New York, when he would go yeah. to a Yankee when game. When he went to New York, yeah, he wear the
0: Yankee hat. When he was right. in Cleveland, he wear the Indian hat.
2: Right, and he was from Akron, Ohio. So how was he a Yankee fan? There's a picture of him in high school when the Broncos were winning the Super Bowls that he was wearing all Bronco shit, like he's a bandwagoner. You're not a fucking, you don't stand for anything. I like the Dolphins because my fucking uncle, when I was seven years old, sent some Dolphin stickers to my house. And I fuck, I'm stuck with that team for the rest of my life. I turned to them last year. I went to opening day. They lost 58-7. I go, it's because of you, motherfucker. I took them <laughs> to the game. I go, you fucking, all these years of misery because you sent me those pictures. That, But you just stick with your team. You're a Jet band, right? Yes. Yeah, you're. you're yeah, and you want, you're, you're dying to get rid of that team. Die well, every yeah. year is just fucking heartbreak. But you stick with them because you're a fucking genuine person. You well- can't just...
0: I do, and I hate the fucking Dolphins because they're in my way. I, I'll never forget the A.J. Uh, Dewey game. The I was at nothing. that
2: game, the fucking Mud Bowl. Fuck
0: what that. I hate that. I hate it. I Fuck hated that. Richard
2: Todd, Richard Todd stinks. Are so you thinking going to Super Bowl with Richard Todd? That was fucking w- awful. Why?
0: why? Tampa went with uh, Trent Dilfer.
2: Yeah, well, too bad. You fucking
1: I th- lost. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I'm a giant fan. I have four oh, yeah. uh, Super Bowl championships. No, but because of the so. Dolphins,
0: the Jets are now stuck with Adam Gaze. Well, I remember Jim telling me, oh, the, you're going to love Adam Gaze. Yeah, you're, well, I'm going to love him because he's no longer part of your team.
2: I like Adam. I mean, Adam, I, I actually got, became friends with him, but he won't talk to me anymore because he's, he's with the Jets. I, I, I can't, when I, he got the job, he was sending me videos of uh, Donald, like his action highlights. He goes, you want to come to the dark side? I go, no, nah, I can't do it. Sorry. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. But like, and... the Jets had a play in the mud that day. Oh, they, they, they're just still mad over that in 1982 that we had to play in the mud, that they didn't cover the field. Oh, football players got to play in the mud?
0: Yeah. And how about – also, I hate – I'll never forget the fake spike. You know, Marino, okay, I, Marino, I know. Marino.
2: Yeah, Marino – I remember Marino saying in an interview, he goes, people come up – the Jet fans come up to you all the time on the street, go, dude, the fake spike. He just And I go, just go, get over it. Get over it.
1: He you didn't get- go
2: to the mud that day. I know that
1: jeff did you have the uh the jets offense and fantasy football in that game get that down um,
2: okay. it's
0: beautiful <laughs> it's not beautiful i i i hate that colors i hate the awkward i don't noise. like the colors
2: either it's fucking gay it is i don't but i there's nothing yep. i can do
0: and, and 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 it's a mean dolphin like sometimes you know the, the emblem is like the mean dolphin like that the, the dolphin have his eyebrows furled ooh um
2: Look, I, I, you know, I, I can't argue with the Dolphin. fucking, they don't win. They don't, they never, they're never a tough team. They're always fucking, you know, they're a mess like the Jets.
0: The Jets are a mess The you know, now Gaze is fighting with, uh, with, with, um, the running back Bell, um, you know what maybe we can be in in a maybe the three of us could be in a league and the winner can get like a t-shirt that says uh it's not sweat i'm dripping it's liquid awesome you're a big fan of these type of shirts as well correct yeah
2: yeah i love them uh...
1: but i just blow my <laughs> brains out and just save myself the fucking torment of wearing a isn't t-shirt
2: it, isn't it i mean think of the decision sean made as a kid a giant fan he's got fucking four super bowls i
1: didn't you know, have a choice no, I didn't have a choice. It was kind of like you. I didn't have a choice. My uncle said, you have no choice. You could be a Yankee fan. You're going to be a, uh, a Giants fan. And I said, what about basketball? And he goes, I don't give a shit. I said, oh, I want to be a Celtics fan. And he said, why? I said, because the guy's white. I was talking about Larry Bird.
2: Larry Bird, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I've, I mean, I have stuck with the Celtics, same thing. I mean, I went through some shitty seasons with the Celtics, but now I got, a, I got a little good run going on now.
2: I told my kid, I said, listen, I'll support any team you want to pick. You cannot pick two teams, the Jets or the Mets, because it's a life of misery. Oh, it's right. It's so two teams. And the people who,
1: the people who like the Jets always like the Mets. So you gotta realize there's oh, some sort of it's always
2: Jets and Mets. They're just they gotta lose a mentality.
1: Yeah. They got missing I, chromosomes or something. I know, I
2: know. Um, if they, they would have just picked the Yankees and Giants, they'd fucking be a have happy. It's a
1: beautiful world life. I live in. It's a beautiful. I know, world.
2: They would have all these championships. You sometimes it's know.
1: hard. Like people don't realize the effort that you have to go to being a Yankee fan of like always going to World Series parades. Like it's a fucking pain yeah, in the ass. The trains are crowded. You know, there's a lot of people. There's there's laughter. There's cheering. It's a hard life, dude.
2: It really. And sometimes is. you might skip one. You go. You know, what? I'll go next year. They're gonna win it again next year. I won't exactly. go to this year. It's
1: my favorite episode so far.
0: No, I know. I
2: mean, it's uh, you know the
0: two of you guys. in and,
2: and baseball, San Francisco Giants. I want to you know win three World Series in five years. Mm-hmm. You know, so I got I got my fix there. I just need a Dolphin Super Bowl, and I'm good.
0: Mm-hmm. I like the coach they have now. I think they're on the right track.
2: Yeah, right. That's what everybody says after the first year. He's a I mean, Brooklyn, Gace, Brooklyn Gace guy. Took the, went Gace to poly Gays took, the, prep. Dolphins to the, took to the Dolphins to the playoffs the first year, with fucking Matt Moore. But so. speaking,
0: of, but speaking of fans, you are uh, you know. Name of the show is Hoosier Band, and you're uh, you're a huge fan of Black Sabbath. Yeah, what got you? Into, do you remember how, how you got into Sabbath? The first song you because that, that's probably like for years that was like my favorite band. In in high school, I had a denim jacket with the cross on the back that said Sabbath. I loved first you know. I think the second concert I ever saw was Sabbath um, on the um, on the Never Say Die tours, Van Halen opened up for, uh, for them. On that, I was a little kid. Uh, but what got you into Sabbath? First song, first album.
2: I had two older brothers that were in the were in the he- heavy metal music, so I would hang out. We had like a room in our house, so we had a pool table in there. So they'd be they'd have their friends over, and my my parents always loved me hanging out with a mean, We drive; her. they'd had the car. I'd be in the backseat driving me to school or whatever, just driving around cranking fucking Ted Nugent, Aerosmith, Sabbath, ACDC, Drew's Priest, Rolling Stone. So that's how I, I get in. Like, you know, 10 years old, I started getting in that music. And by 14, I was going to concerts. When you were a kid- Well, actually, I was going to concerts. Could,
0: was, I, I, we're, we're, like, right about the same age. Did you do the whole- um 28 Huh? You're 28? Yes. Um, no, that's good stuff right there. Um, did okay. you- did you do the whole like uh, New Jersey, uh, Staten Island um, uh, rock club scene? Like on certain nights of the week, you go see Twisted Sister, White Tiger. Did you do you remember that?
2: Did you do that? Yeah, stuff? Twisted Sister. Yeah, no, I stayed in pretty much Jersey. You know, uh, I, I would found see Casino, Found Casino. You know, I remember, yeah, going to see them on a Monday night. They'd have three thousand people there. I saw Twisted Metallica for Twisted Sister at the Found Casino, and then Amits was another place where they would play. So I pretty much stuck around this area, which was his sister, but I would go see him all the time. You know, and my, I'd sneak in, I was like 14 or 15, 16. But you know, I have, I have, you know, fake IDs back then. My my brother, they didn't have a picture on him. So my brother was like 21, I was 16. I would just use his, he just got a duplicate. So I was, you know, just sneaking in these bars. I remember Dee Snyder yelling at me one time in the front. He's like, dude, well, who says pussy over here doesn't have any beers in his hand. I want to tell him I'm fucking 16. You know. What
0: was your um what what was the first Sabbath album
2: you wound up getting? I remember my brothers coming home with that technical ecstasy record when it came oh, out. Wow, that that's later in their career. Yeah, they what was that? That came out in seventy six. I remember sitting in the backseat, they went to the East Brunswick Mall and bought a fucking A track. And I was I don't know, and I remember them going it just came out that day and listening to it. But I you know, I was probably into them before. Uh, maybe, I can't remember, but I just know, you know, Nugent and Sabbath and ACDC were huge for me. You know, it's, you know, Aerosmith, all that shit, too. I, I love... The they let me drink. Uh, they, was, they let me smoke weed if they took me to a concert. Like, just don't tell, you know, the parents and stuff like that. So whatever they liked, I liked. I,
0: I loved Sabbath. I loved Children of the Sea. I loved um, uh, 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 Symptom of the Universe. Like, I loved I Ozzy loved Sabbath. And then in 1980, they switch over from uh, Ozzy to, um, to Dio. And I remember, I mean, I was such a geek in high school with that. I remember being no. at a party and I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking to this girl and I'm, I'm, I'm like, you, you know, you know what happened with Sabbath? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, yeah, yeah Ozzy is out of the band and now they have Dio. I'm like, I don't know what this new album is going to be like. Cause I remember they would have advertisements for Heaven and Hell. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what this is going to be. And of course, of course, she walked away from me. And Heaven and Hell wound up being like probably my second favorite all time Sabbath album.
2: Yeah, I was more on the Aussie side. You know, I was pissed. At, you know, um, when I moved down to Florida somewhere right around when the Heaven and Hell record came out. Our family moved down there. And um, Sabbath was playing at like the Miami Arena with Dio. So me it was some little fucking place or whatever. So me and my brother go down there. We're mad that Ozzy's out of the band and Dio, because that album came out before Blizzard of Oz. Mm-hmm. So That's Ozzy right. was so fucked up laying on the couch, all drunk, almost dead. So it was a, you know, he didn't have a band or anything. He didn't hear anything from Ozzy. So it was basically Dio. So me and my brother went went to the show. We're like, all right, we're gonna go see him anyway. We might as well. And we th- and and we're so mad that Dio got the got the gig. That we stopped at some place, we bought like a white tablecloth. That we got a a, a sharpie, a magic marker, and we wrote Dio, uh, "Ozzy is God." Dio must pray to him for forgiveness. <laughs> I don't know why. To this day, <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: it's a so, lot uh, of words
2: yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Down. We had it was pretty big the banner, and and we <laughs> we brought it in, and it was general mission. It was probably like three thousand people. there. It was like a big arena show. First of all, we um. You know, they opened up with War Pigs, and Dio didn't come out on stage yet. And we're looking, and it wasn't even Bill Ward. They didn't even say that Bill Ward was out of the band. That's oh, what the fact, they, they wound up
0: getting <laughs> Palminapisi, I think, wound no, up. Vinny,
2: his brother Vinny. Vinny, Vinny, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so we didn't, you know, there was no internet back then, so we didn't even know Bill Ward was in the band. It was like, who the fuck is that behind the drums? It wasn't even out there yet. Yeah, Bill only did like two dates, and then he fucking just got off the tour. And then Dio comes out, and we're, and we're right like the second row because it's General Mission, and we're holding up the banner right in second row, and Dio's looking at it as he's singing. He's looking, and he goes like this, fuck you. And then another time, like, he, what, he's jerking off to us. We're only like three songs into the show, and fucking two big security guards come and take us and bring us in the back. And they brought my brother in a room. They left me out because I was a fucking little kid. And I'm like, leave my brother alone. They fucking put him in a room, and then they just kept put him in there for like five minutes Took him out and just threw us out the side door into a fucking parking lot and threw us out did of the he, show.
1: Did you walk out with wrestling pictures?
2: I wish. Yeah. And then How Dio, you- it's funny because like 20 years later, Dio, Dio's doing an interview for the Aquarian. You know, the, the local magazine, The Jersey. Yeah, I remember that. And he was saying, someone asked, they asked him a question if, if you had any backlash from joining the band, or, you know, the Ozzy fans. He goes, not really. He goes, I do remember this one time. It was early in the tour. And he remembered the banner. It said something like Ozzy is God and, you know, Dio or something like that. He goes, I just remember, it really was irking. It was really bothering me. And that was us. And I could never tell him, because I met him a couple times before he died. He was on that metal show. I mean, He's a great I'm, guy, right? I tell him that I was that asshole.
1: You know, the only experience I ever had with Dio is I was out in L.A. a couple years ago and it was right after Lemmy died. So we wanted to go to the, to the cemetery just to pay respects and stuff like that. So, you know, it's very unassuming. You go into this, give you a whole map and shit and you walk in and Lemmy has this little, tiny, little square, right? And all these girls are kissing the, with the lipstick and shit like that. And there's Jack and Cokes and stuff like that. And then you walk out and you see this monstrous, it's got a 45 foot crypt. It's all marble and gaudy. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I walk up to it, and of course, it's Ronnie James Dio. So I'm like, I I said, it figures that the little Italian guy had to have the gigantic freaking marble encased freaking mausoleum, and everybody else has a little tiny square. It was freaking awesome, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, Dio was a good dude, man. You know, it's like I was a fucking kid. You pick sides, and you know both were good so but uh, yeah i was mad i was annoyed at the time I,
1: I was so annoyed my aunt used to work at an ihop on route 17 in hasbrook heights and she was a waitress and like two o'clock in the morning they walked in and she got a placemat for me and it was all autographed by the entire deal with vivian campbell all of them i fucking right. left it when i sold my house i fucking threw it in the garbage
0: stupid
1: so i was an idiot
2: Oh,
0: okay. I thought maybe you
1: were just mad. Oh, no, he's just... was a fucking
0: idiot. I threw Sean, it away. <laughs> Sean makes a lot of bad decisions. Like a month before the pandemic, he becomes a full-time comedian.
1: Yeah, you know, that's what happens. Let's just, I let's, just seeing... let's just throw away, let's just throw away the, uh, the good corporate job and decide to go do comedy full-time and live your dream out. And, you know, wait, somebody, somebody ate a fucking bat. What are we going to do?
0: I remember seeing Dio at the Birch Hill. And I mean, I, I couldn't believe, like, you know because I had seen this guy at Madison Square Garden. I saw him at PNC, and they put, and he still put on the same great show. Jim, do you, and when when Heaven and Hell first came out. Like, you weren't won over by the opening, you know, the like first song off the bat, uh, Neon Nights. That didn't like say, like you didn't open your eyes a little bit and say, shit, this is really good. And then when you look at the consistency of that album, Children of the Sea, the title song, I mean, Heaven Hell is an insanely great song. But then when you flipped it over the Sign 2, you had um, Wishing Well, Die Young. I mean, I mean like, I, I was like, you know, I loved Ozzy, but I mean, like, this was like, I was like, this is the future this is the future of Sab. this was insane. And then they only last one more album.
2: Um, no, I did, I did like it. You know, I was, I was mixed on it if I wanted to like it, but it was such a great record that I had no choice but to like it. I'm like, look, I, I, I wanted to hate it. I wanted it to fall apart so Ozzy come back in the band. But I was like, this is fucking good. And then like six months later is when Blizzard of Oz came out, I'm like this fucking.
0: That came out like in the summertime.
2: Yeah, like around September it came out.
0: I would have
1: loved okay. to have heard it firsthand, but I was only four.
2: I uh, I went to I was living down in Florida at the time, and I went to like an import record store, and we so we ordered it because it only, it came out in England like like four or five months before it came out in America, and I wanted up paying like eighteen dollars for it. I was like, it's fucking worth. They came. Aren't in, those
1: I the mean, greatest stores in the world? Those they were amazing. And I remember
2: fucking seeing it behind the counter in the plastic, an album with Ozzy with a with a crucifix. I'm like, holy shit! It's a great album, album cover. Fucking phenomenal. I, I used
1: to freaking fuck. take the bus from Union City all the way up to like Cliffside Park because there was a little store called Things from England, and they would sell all these. That, v- that was in
2: Cliffside Park.
1: Yeah, and
2: Cliffside but- Park because I used to live there, but that store was gone after.
1: Palisade bro. Avenue, around right Palisade Avenue. Okay, and you, I, I, remember going in there. I'm a huge GNR fanatic, and I would go in there and I would buy these tapes. And I used, to, I had like November Rain like five years before it came, or four years before it came out. Uh, you know, them doing like Jumpin' Jack Flash and Heartbreak Hotel and Shadow of Your Love, all these freaking songs. It was so freaking cool because you never had any idea what you were getting because they were all on these freaking little tapes. They were all had photocopy covers. All so, right. Like, I would, on
2: cassettes. They were on cassettes?
1: Oh, all on cassettes. So like you would take, a, yeah. I would take like a real chance and just buy one and then listen to the whole way home. On the friggin' bus, and either be fucking ecstatic because it was like a, an amazing record, or it was like some fucking asshole with a little recorder in his friggin' denim jacket recording a concert. You never, you never knew what you were getting.
2: Oh, so Shadow you, Your Love was out a, a long time ago because I know they re-released it.
1: Yeah, they re-released oh, it. Yeah, but I, I had all these that. like demos yeah. and like like November Rain pian- just him on a piano demo from like '85.
2: I have the original uh, Appetite for Destruction album cover. Mm. I want Don't to be, bite me over. I remember I got it the first day it came out. I got that. I think that and the first Fast to Pussycat album came out the same day.
1: It's a great remember, record, well, too.
2: Because I was DJing in a, you know, at the you know, at the Birch Hill. So And I was reading about them through Grand Magazine, that these two bands from America, and they're going to be huge. They they thought Baltimore were going to be fucking super Guns of Roses and Fast to Pussycat.
1: And Fast to Pussycat really changed their sound, too. Yeah. So. I
2: mean, that first record was great, that first Fast to Pussycat, too. Sure. You know, but, um, yeah, they both came out the same day. Those do you amazing. guys
0: ever remember going into the city and going to Bleak of Bobs and getting What's? The- did you do that?
2: I never did that. Um, where did I get my shit from? You know, you know uh, Rock and Roll Heaven was open with John Johnny Z. So mm-hmm. it was in the East Brunswick, uh, East Brunswick Flea Market. And that's where i go. He'd have all the imports. So we go there every Friday night with our paychecks. You know, He's a and great guy on and, uh... and Anthrax and bringing all these bands over and shit like that. So he would turn us on. So we just hang out there on Friday nights we weren't getting pussy. We had bad mustaches. We thought if we grew <laughs> mustaches, we can get served liquor that we looked older. So we all had these bad mustaches with no chicks. So on Friday <laughs> night, we just fucking hang out at the East Brunswick Flea Market in his little shop. And he played these, you know, here's the new fucking Tigers of Pantang. Here's Iron, Ma- the first Iron Maiden. And he had Metallica, No Life, the Leather on cassette. He's like, these fuckers, are, guys are gonna be big. I'm gonna, I'm gonna manage these guys.
1: It was a so great was store on the uh, seaside boardwalk too. What's that? It was a great store on the seaside boardwalk. Oh yeah. They used to have all the. Uh, he would sell all the back patches and like, he would like yeah, you would like, you like Cinderella. I got a, I got a bootleg concert and like it, right. just like ten bucks, give you this, this bootleg that was taped over six, seven times. Great little store to. Yeah. Jim, did you
0: wear the spikes?
2: No, I leather jacket I would wear. I mean, I had one with, I think, the Blizzard of Oz album cover in the back, like the jean jacket. But I never really got into that.
0: You didn't wear, like, the, the painter's hat? No. <laughs> that, was like a, that was like a thing in the 80s. People wear, like, the painter's hat and the spikes and shit. Um, I know that because when I was in college, I owned a little record store. That's how I put myself through. I owned a record store, and from that, I was able to turn that into my first job out of college. I worked at A&R for CBS Records. I worked at Block Rock on the 11th floor, and I was really basically the go-between between the artists and um, our accounting department.
2: Oh, really? No, that's great, man. No, I didn't um, I didn't really dress up the part. I mean, you know, I guess I had the long hair in the fucking late 80s and shit. Just Every
0: time I'm at the dress. comic strip, I always look at that picture of you with the long hair.
2: Rock you know, that I that wasn't I wasn't even doing comedy then when I got that picture taken. I got it when I was DJing. I don't know why fuck, I can't remember why I got a, a headshot done when I was DJing, but
0: doesn't even look like you.
2: Yeah, and I had a chance to take that down. I'm like, no, that was my first headshot, so fuck it, leave it up. You know, like you want to update it? I'm like, no, I'll leave that one.
0: I love the integrity, man. I
1: love. There's I a love club it. in Virginia, I, of Jeff, I don't know if I ever told you this. There's a great club in Virginia that I used to perform called Kazis. I know, sure. Great, great place. And then they have, you know, all the headshots up there, like that. Lisa, Lamp- Lisa Lampinelli before she changed her name, that was like her real last name. And then uh, they put my headshot up on the far wall. But on the the right, wall right next to it is their wall of death, where all the comics who died. They shift their pictures over, and they have like a whole huge memorial fucking wall with all these dead comics, and my pictures right fucking next to it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I know I'm fat, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> give me a, throw me a fucking bone here for Christ's sake.
2: Is that club oh, shut down?
1: Uh, everything's shut down still, but it was open last year and I was there. But
2: It was. Yeah. yeah I yeah, was in a hotel or something, right? Strip mall. Strip mall. Yeah. I think I remember doing
1: it. Cool little place. <gasps> yeah. Comedy condo, 95 degrees in the attic of an old lady's uh, townhouse.
2: Right. A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun.
0: Hey, Jim, when you do the comedy stop, do you stay at the condo there or do you just take a hotel?
2: I've never seen the fucking the comedy condo. No, I got a hotel.
0: Me too. The smart move. Yeah. Uh, next, <laughs> time I, next time I go out there,
1: did you know the Rainbow actually is doing an Airbnb on top of it now? Oh, really? Yeah, they have a a two-bedroom uh, apartment on top of the Rainbow they're renting out now. So you can actually just go up there and, and crash after you drink your face off downstairs the
0: whole day.
2: Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool.
0: That's my next. That's my next stop. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this past week. I, I wanted to bring this up. Um, you know, Rock lost uh, Frankie Benelli from uh, Quiet mm-hmm. Riot. Uh, you, did you know him, Jim? Were you a fan?
2: I knew him a lot. You know, he did that metal show a couple of times. Super nice guy. Great guy. You know, everybody loved him. You saw the output. You know, everybody talking about him when he passed away. Just a good dude, and was really fighting that cancer. I mean, he had pancreatic cancer, and he still lasted, you know, eighteen months, which is a miracle in itself. You know, um,
0: and he was playing everyone. still. What's he, that? He was still playing, like he was like yeah. fighting through and playing.
2: He was a really good dude. You know, like when I met him, I didn't know him that well, obviously. But he he always said, you know, I brought him, I brought my kid. He was probably six at the time backstage. And he was playing drums at the time at that metal show. And Frankie's like, was giving like a drum lesson in the dressing room. He's like, look, if you guys ever come out to California, I'll give him a drum lesson so he can play on my drums. You know, we never did. It took him up on it or whatever. But I don't know. He just, uh, when I met him, he was a good dude. And, you know, it's too bad, man.
0: Yeah, that was a, that was a loss. I was, I was really, really uh, sad to hear that. Um, but your son, how how old is How's, uh, Luke now? Was he about he's 10, 10, 11?
2: He's 10 and- now, yeah.
0: Is he, is he playing any instruments? Did he wind up taking
2: anything? Kind of out of it. He's playing like he wants to play basketball now with his friends. So that's what he's playing in some leagues and shit like that. So that's his thing. I don't want to push it on him too much. He was taking music lessons for like five years. I could see he's losing interest, so he stopped like around January, you know, taking him. He's still got a drum set. He's got keyboards. He could play Mr. Crowley, most of the song on keyboards. Oh, awesome. He still go. he still loves going to concerts. He's been to like 19 shows. You know, um, so he still likes the music and stuff like that. But you know, like he's getting older and he wants to hang out with his friends and his friends don't want to talk about slip I don't blame him.
0: Is he still writing jokes? Because I remember you brought him up on stage one night. You remember you coming out and did the uh, Linden show and we encouraged him to come up and he did a joke that you said he wrote on his own about his mom?
2: Yeah, yeah. He um he hasn't wrote I told it's he's gonna like, get back up on stage. He hasn't been on stage or done um you know, my nephew plays in a band, too, and he used to go up and sing with him, so um, I told him he got to get back into the comedy, so eventually he will. But he hasn't been up in a long time, either. He must be real rusty.
0: Is he looking forward to going back to school, or are you are you okay with sending him back to school? Or, yeah. Or, you know, just like a big thing yeah, going Yeah, he's two
2: days a week. Yeah, he's looking for. He wants to hang out with his... I was never in this school. Like, if this happened when I was in school, I'm like, good, I fucking could stay home. But he, he wants to go back to see his friends and shit, so... He's going back two days. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm I wish you'd go back five days. I'm not I'm not worried about it.
0: You know, what have you been doing during this pandemic?
2: Fucking hanging, cleaning my house, doing fucking yard work. Who are you? Rich you know, boss. I, you know, just doing shit that I never did that I never had time to do, you know. Basically I still do two podcasts a week. I can do it from my house. I do the show on uh, Ozzy's Boneyard. So I still got some, you know, I'm still kind of busy. But yeah, get- I'm ready to go back to work, man. It's fucking, it's, it's enough already. But oh yeah. It's still going to be a long time.
0: And you're getting out there and you're, you're doing like a show here and there, right?
2: I'm doing some outdoor shows. I've been going to the stand in New York City. They do a show outside on the sidewalk. It's like 40 people. I did a set there last night. You know, just, uh, so we'll see. I mean- um, I don't know. It depends about getting on a plane and going to it again because you know a lot of the places you could do fifty percent capacity. Yeah. a lot of the states.
0: And you got to quarantine. Well, I don't know about New Jersey, but when New York, I live in New York. You got to come back and you got to quarantine. I've been I've been going into the city and doing spots in the city about two three times a week. Um, it's 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 okay. I mean, you know, the people who come into the shows, they're, they're loving it. It's, that part is fun but like the hang is like now things close by 11 11 30 yeah uh it's it's not the same thing and like you know i drive in there's no problem finding parking there's never any traffic it's not the energy that the city uh had prior to this
2: you want to get out of there before it gets dark anyway it's fucking scary people walking around and shit and you know I was walking with my friend yesterday. We are in a city and he's like, let's go find something, a place that's open, you know, to eat. I go, I ain't fucking walking three or four blocks. I go, I'm a fucking, I'm the devil right now. I'm a white guy. I'm going to get for my shit, the shit beat out of me. You know? So you got to be careful there, you know? Well, you
0: just mm-hmm. tell me your views on LeBron and you know, all will be forgiven.
2: LeBron doesn't have any of view, uh, views. He just goes with what, just tell me what I got to do. I remember when like, what, what was that fucking guy? Uh, Beto O'Rourke, remember when he was going? Um, he was he was running. I yeah, remember he got yeah. off a plane in Houston and he had a Beto hat on. I'm like, you're just a fucking, what a...
0: That's a shill.
2: Yeah, it's the, just a shill. What? what give me what, what hat do I got to wear? You want me to wear a Hillary hat? Now yeah. I'm going to wear a Joe Biden hat. Or, you know.
0: It, was, was, there, was there a bigger... He doesn't stand for anything wants to be like
2: Muhammad Ali and he's fucking, yeah, you know...
0: Muhammad Ali was authentic. Exactly, yeah, he, he was. Hit the nail on the head
2: with that. He that's, that's, wants to not, be, is He'll
0: never be Muhammad Ali, because you know what? Muhammad Ali was real. He really took a stand. He sacrificed. LeBron was fucking driving around in an Escalade by the time he was seventeen years old. What did he ever sacrifice? What hard life did he?
2: And he just jumps from team to team to team. You know, gets. You knew he was going to go to the Lakers. You knew it. Um, You knew he was going to go to the Lakers. And now he's all—he's in Hollywood. So basically, Hollywood's telling him what to say. You want to hang out with DiCaprio and George Clooney and Jay Z and go to dinner and fucking parties. Okay, this is what you need to say cuz you got a voice out there. That's he's fucking, you know, he's a puppet.
0: You don't think that show the shop is real? Like you don't think like like black guys hang around, you know, and and drink wine out of a uh, out of uh, uh, wine glasses. Yeah, I know, and that's what a, a lot show. of guys. You don't, think, the you don't think that's
2: real? Yeah, when I pass a barbershop in Harlem, I, I I see a lot of guys, you know, those guys getting hanging out busting balls and they're drinking wine out of a wine glass, you know, a hundred dollar bottle of wine. Uh, yeah, that's what happens. It's like,
0: like and real, real edgy songs. on
2: there because they curse. Whoa. Yeah, Ooh, that's yeah. well, that's real. That's real. That's nuts. They say, well, LeBron said fuck.
0: Speaking of real, what's a really bad 80s song that you don't like?
2: There's a lot. Um,
0: I, I know. You have a problem with 80s songs, too.
2: No, only because when they're played in the stores. You know, you hear them constantly. You hear them at a gas station. Like, do oh, I gotta pump gas? I got to hear fucking. A
0: hit I to be square? I gotta...
2: Yeah. You like that? Be... The Yui Lewis stuff doesn't bother me that much. Uh, wow, really? I used to like him. I mean, it, a lot of shit didn't stand the test of time. Ugh. You know? Um, I had I more. Heard, I heard Jefferson
1: Starship the other day. We built a city in oh. ShopRite. And, you know, that, great is song. Pro- that is probably the worst song that's ever been recorded. Rob, no. yeah, it's
2: definitely in the top three. Holy shit. Grace Slick
1: is still on that. Phil, the
2: video susu Su studio is the worst terrible
1: spirit. terrible yeah i still don't know what a studio is
2: though i don't know either remember when phil collins tried to be funny in all the videos back in the 80s he thought he was funny in yeah.
0: the easy lover video that one i cringe at because like he's with philip bailey from right. earth wind of fire and yeah. like, like philip bailey's the cool guy and he's the goofy white guy and like he can't dance and he he wears like the the, the uh the headdress that earth wind and fire and he, it's so fucking bad it's so bad
1: i'm not gonna lie i totally blasted that song today That's easy easy song. lover easy lover the song yeah, yeah, is t- good the song, was isn't, on my bad. Shuffle.
2: The song Dude, isn't bad it's not it's not bad
1: yeah it went from it went from easy lover from phil collins to party with the devil by attila that's the kind of fucking sociopathic iPhone I have. Jim, did, oh, yeah. you,
0: did you like Everybody Wang Chung tonight?
2: Ugh. You really hear those songs, man. They really sound bad. Like they did. Awful. Like my Awful. whole thing Awful. is like they didn't stand the test of time. You no. know, there's some no. bands from they the 80s. They sucked
0: back then. And there's we some like
2: hard rock bands and metal but like from the 80s that just doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, you know, it just doesn't, it didn't stand the test of time. It's not timeless. And that shit is, none of that shit is timeless. I don't have a problem with any of it. It's just I constantly have to hear it every fucking store I'm in. Like they have some philosophy that people are going to stay in a store because they're playing fucking these 80s songs or it's going to make people comfortable, you know. Just, I don't need any music in a store. I don't go to the store to fucking, to hear some music.
1: Pick one 80s hair metal album. What do you pick? Front to back.
2: Um. Well, I'm gonna take out. Um, the first Poison record. Look what the cat dragged uh, in.
1: That's a good one. I'd go Skid I, Row. I I'd go Skid Row. I think I well, go all right.
2: White cheesy. Snake. Slide it in. I'm gonna go all right, but I see White uh, I'm all right. Cheesy, uh, first Poison, '80s hair metal, but we'll slide it in. I don't know. I don't really. I consider that more of hard rock and not so much hair metal, even though White Snake was hair metal.
0: They're kind of considered a hair metal band. I mean, like, would, like I wouldn't say... Well, 87 really
2: came out, Here I Go Again, Then they definitely were. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't into too much of the hair metal, though. You know, I liked a couple of... Like like I said, the first Poison, I don't know, for some reason, it was all right, but I was more in the, like, the gun... I was more in the Motorhead, Metallica, the heavy shit, Anthrax... You know in the '80s.
1: You prefer so. Anthrax with Belladonna or with uh, John Bush? Belladonna. Do you?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: we disagree. I grew that. up
2: with that, so I think, and I, I kind of lost—I lost interest in Anthrax during the John Bush years. Uh, so some, some of Belladonna the best stuff too. they ever did. Yeah, probably. Re- I should. And, and they
1: recorded—they recorded a whole greatest hits album with fucking uh, Cagiano and John Bush singing
0: all the old yeah.
2: Belladonna stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah, interesting right. stuff here. Um, a couple other things. Oh yeah, what have you been doing? Like, uh, you know, you're, you're like a pretty physical guy. Like, you're like every time I see you, looking, you're in shape. You going to the gym, you're, uh, you, gym?
2: How How are you looking at me when I meet you?
0: Not now,
2: lust. Not this yeah. lust
0: Stuff like but, that. But, I
2: mean, <laughs> you want to do an onlyfans? want to do an onlyfans on the side? What the well, fuck? Well, I'm
0: is setting you? this up because I want to know if you wear sunglasses I, you in know the something
2: gym. I don't know, John, about. <laughs> I, scared. I guess, no. Listen, we had
1: a studio uh, Jim, we had a studio a beautiful studio in Sea Caucus and uh, uh, I'm a little scared to go back there with him, I'm not going to lie sometimes I feel a little hand touching my leg he's pushing a friggin uh, Jake the Snake Roberts picture over my way I don't understand yeah, where he's going We only
0: have one seat now in this studio, so Sean, you're going to have to sit on my yeah, lap I but understand. I will give you wrestling pictures
1: That could work too, that could work
2: <laughs> No, but I like no, yeah, Look, I've always, you know you know, you know For me, mentally, it's good to just fucking get move around, you know what I mean? Get some exercise. I've always been like that because you're fucking getting a rut, man, when you're just fucking sleeping all day and not actually, I don't know, just fucking doing whatever. So I've always had that mindset, you know? I love your
0: observations about people in the gym and the guy who wears sunglasses in the gym. I think that is so fucking true and so funny. Like, no one thinks that's cool.
2: No, I know. Well, it's, you know, everybody's just fighting for attention in there. They're all just, you know looking at themselves in the mirror. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror if you want, I don't know, I guess for form. But, you know, the people, most of them aren't doing it that way. And they're just wearing fucking stupid shirts and wearing sunglasses, and they're, made, they're groaning really loud to get attention. Uh, How about
0: so, when they're doing lunges across the gym floor?
2: Do you like oh, that? Oh, yeah, when you walk across the whole floor, I'm like, you really don't have to fucking do that. You don't You're have just, to you, you don't have to put them in place in front of a mirror. You don't have to walk.
1: <laughs> My that's favorite is the, is the line of like 10 12 ladies who are waiting for the machine where they have the legs going like this. Yeah, that's trying creepy. To try and tighten their fucking twats again. It's a beautiful. Yeah, yeah,
2: I like to sit on the machine across from there and just fucking stare. <laughs> just at start them. drooling. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm thinking,
0: Jim also has a really funny. Story. Oh man, God, I've listened to the story a million times. Um. I, a story where you were working out trying to pick up a girl <laughs> and I think you were really into your protein shakes and you were doing legs do you know this story
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: tell me on that story
2: I think I, never, is- I you know I never hit on girls in the gym I don't bother them because I feel like everybody is so I basically don't even say hi to them half the time because I know they just want to work out it's like they don't want to be bothered so I never. I always fucking you know, maybe girls think I haven't, you know, thought I haven't, but there was this one chick that would work out. I was fucking, I was in love with her. And I knew exactly what day she worked out, what time. So I'd always plan myself to beat her at the same time. So, hey, hey, how you doing? So I don't, know, for some reason, I had thought I had a shot. Um, and I remember one time, and she was a fucking workout fiend, this little fucking chick, and she was an animal the way she worked out and she was over by the leg presses. And I go, oh man, I'm going to fucking, I know, I knew her routine. She was going to go to the leg press. So I went over and just say, hey, can I work in? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we put like one leg, you know, 45s on each side of the leg press. No problem. She fucking do two, no problem. Three. Now she's up to four and she just does fucking. So that's what nine, that's 180 pounds on each side. And she does 10 reps. No problem. Like, fuck man. I, I don't do legs, I don't give a shit about legs. I mean, Jeffrey knows because he stares at me every time we fucking, yeah, my body, wondering what workouts I'm doing, so he knows about my legs. So anyway, so now she puts five on, five plates, does the five, and I'm like, all right, I might need a hand with this one. She goes, yeah, no problem. So she's, and I know I've never done, I don't even think I've ever done four. So she's fucking right, like, this far away from my asshole and I'm trying to strain and doing five. I do one, I'm trying to do the second one, and I just farted right in her face. <laughs> A fucking egg fart, too. Oh. And I'm like, sorry, sorry. She goes, no, no, no problem, no problem. I go, that's it, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, I'm really sorry. She goes, no, don't worry about it. And it fucking reeked. It
1: reeked. <laughs> that's great. And after that
2: day, I fucking would just go with different days when I knew she wasn't working out. I'm like, it's over. <sighs> It's over. It was this far away from her, her face, and it was loud too.
0: Jesus Christ, is that funny? Beautiful. Yeah. Jeff was just
1: wishing it was him instead of her there.
0: Yeah, I want. I wanted to. I wanted to spot Jim. That's what I wanted to do. That's that. That's the whole thing. Is this whole thing has been a ruse to so get you on the show so we can kind of work become workout buddies and wear cool t-shirts like Suns Out Guns Out t-shirts and. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Jim, man, it's been great having you on the show, man. Thank you so much for doing this.
2: Of course, man. It's good to yeah. Good to really see really
0: you. We really appreciate it. And you're
2: we'll-
1: doing a big show coming up in September, right? The Blue Claw Stadium.
2: Yeah, we're doing uh, that metal show. You know, the comedy we do a comedy show, me, Don, and Eddie, and then we'll we'll probably bring us some kind of rock star out. We'll figure out who we can get, it might come down or something like that. We it's basically like we do stand-up and then we do that metal show basically. Live. Nice. We're torn doing it for a while when the show was on the air. And, you know, but, uh, you know, and they could fit, like, 500 people. It's up to 500 people on the field. That's cool. So, we'll see how, we'll see how many tickets we sell or whatever. But we're doing that Friday, September 18th at the Blue Claw Stadium at Lakewood.
0: Very cool. They're on sale they now? Friday, September Yeah, they're 18th. on sale, yeah.
2: Yeah, Friday, September 18th, yeah.
0: Cool. People here will go out and definitely support that. I
2: think so. I think, you know, people go outside. You know, we can still do some outdoor shit for the time being. Once it gets cold, everything's going to get shut down again. hmm Listen,
1: Shinedown's doing a show in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, Citizens Bank. They're doing the Smith and Myers acoustic thing. Two hundred and forty dollars a car to drive onto the Citizens Bank Park field to watch an acoustic act.
2: Wait, they're doing it on the, in the parking lot, or
1: no, it- in the stadium.
2: That's driving, oh, the-, the Philly stadium.
1: Yeah, driving cars into the stadium. And they have certain s- sections where you can sit that cost more. The cars are going to be act. in the
2: stadium. Well, most people yeah. have to be in. In uh, in their cars,
1: yeah, you gotta stay in your car listening through the radio.
2: See, I, you know, um, the, that this band Blackberry Smoke that I like is doing a show down here Monmouth Racetrack, and they they're doing it like at a restaurant or something outside where you could get a table. Yeah, and Grace Potter
1: just weeks. did it uh, two weeks ago. It's a little oh, place two? in Monmouth. Yeah, it's very very small, very very I mean,
0: small. How many does something like that seat?
1: Like one hundred and twenty, maybe.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going. to go i am i am going i am friends with those guys, and I bought some tickets. So I, I don't want to sit in the car. That's I want to fucking, right right. I want to be outside watching or on a on a chair watching. Just keep them spread apart. You know what I mean? Chairs. So, um, that's good that they're doing that. But I, you know, would be it definitely be better. I know Metallica's doing that drive-in movie yeah, show. Right. I, yeah, think I think know, they're
0: streaming I'm, that, aren't they? No, You're you got to go is. to the
2: drive-in to go see it. But I, I'm like, I don't know, I'm. Metallica's got 70,000 of their concerts posted. They're posted like one once a week, all their shows. I, I really don't need to see that. Yeah, I agree. You know, they'll be online two days after anyway. It's like, I don't know, I've seen them a million times.
1: Well, listen, if I uh, if I decide to get tickets to the Blackberry Smoke Show, I'll make sure I stay six feet apart from you. I won't be like Jeff trying to be all up in your shit. You know what I mean? I
2: know. That must be killing Jeff, this quarantine. He's gotta stay six feet apart from other men.
0: It's, it's it's
2: it's ripping me apart
0: you wish, you wish
1: it was actually
0: yeah I'm, I'm sitting here I'm just wearing shorts right now that, that's, a, that's, a, that's another funny uh, thing on the, uh, t- on the telemarketers one when, when the guy I you know, think he's trying to sell you insurance or something and you tell him uh, maybe we can meet someplace
2: well, and that like, was the whole thing. thing like yeah he, I don't know what they're selling I don't know what the fuck like just this tax guy just called and it's like I'll, I'll answer anything I'll just try to figure it out and the guy's saying he wants to sell me office furniture. I'm like, Yeah, he goes, Yeah, we should meet. I'm like, Yeah, all right, yeah, let's meet. He goes, Well, where do you want to meet? And as soon as he said that, I go, uh, I, I know this motel room in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Okay, I, I don't know why you want to meet that. I go, Yeah, let's just be there. He's like, Okay, he's like, all right, I guess. And I'm like, okay. him what he's wearing. Yeah, I'm like, what are you gonna be wearing? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's great. He goes, Maybe you could wear a
2: shirt or something. Like yeah, can a you wear shirt. A tight shirt and jeans? You know, I'm gonna be wearing a suit. Can you just wear like a tight shirt and jeans? He's like, well, why am I wearing a tight shirt to a motel room in New Jersey? I just don't understand it. I'm like, what's the problem? You play it so straight; it's so oh, yeah, good. yeah, it's you know, so it's just, fucking good. You just don't break character, especially when you're on the phone because they don't see your face, so it's easy not to break character.
0: Remember you used to do that when you were a kid like you like I don't know did you make prank I used to do that with my oh, friend yeah. I used to make prank phone calls
2: absolutely my whole childhood was prank calls and listen to heavy metal you know what I mean like I fucking make a made a living out of it somehow
0: how about when you went to, like I remember I've been going to concerts since, since oh god uh, since I was probably in junior high school and I remember like remember like you would take like fireworks you take packs of firecrackers I don't know if you did. I and Sean thought it was crazy, but we'd light firecrackers, throw them up in the air, and they would go. You would hope that they would go off before they actually uh, hit the ground. Do you remember doing that at concerts? Yeah,
2: people used to throw M80s at concerts. They fucking M80s. Yeah, I got thrown out of a, a convention hall. I lit a smoke bomb on the encore of on Judas Priest. The little Frank.
0: round one that you would throw down the aisle.
2: Round one. I was in like up top, top, and I threw it down the stairs. A smoke bomb, right when they came out the Hell for Leather, and they fucking threw me out. Someone ratted me out.
1: I passed out sound asleep during Overkill when they were filming their DVD at the convention hall. And they fucking got me on goddamn tapes. If you look at the DVD there, you see my fat ass fucking sound asleep. Really? Yeah, sound asleep during an Overkill show. I don't know how the hell that happened, but. Drunk? Uh, No, sleep apnea. Close enough.
2: Okay. Yeah,
1: not anymore.
0: I can't believe you have sleep apnea. No, I did. (laughs) You don't fit the profile, though. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's wrap I, this up. I was, I was waiting for one of those to come, I was waiting yep. for one of the uncomfortable silences. Let yeah, that
1: stink right there, like a fucking
0: yeah, to make the part. silence. Just the
2: oh. silence,
0: yeah. I love that. I fucking love that. I, 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 I love know, love.
2: whenever like a telemarketer be like, How you doing today? I don't even answer them. There's just <laughs> silence. Oh, okay, I am. Yeah, man, I don't know That's if they so answer good. you.
0: It's so good, man. But like I said, it's so good having you on the show. We really appreciate it. I've been wanting to get you on yeah, here f- for a long time. And, you know, we appreciate your, your time and everything. And um, just let people know one more time uh, about that show uh, at Blue Claw Stadium so people can get tickets, how they can get tickets.
2: Uh, Friday, September 18th, Blue Claw Stadium, Lakewood, New Jersey, That Metal Show Live, me, Don Jameson, Eddie Trunk. I guess just go to jimflorentine.com. The link's there for tickets. And then my podcast every Monday and Thursday. Everybody is awful.
0: That's on a great podcast. Once again, man, we thank you so much for doing it.
2: Of course, man. I hope we all see Anyways. you. We'll do a gig together at some point.
0: Yes, and please. I'll drive.
2: What are you live? Parting words? North
1: Jersey. North Jersey. Okay. Let's do it. Anyway.
2: Are you still on Staten Island? Yes. You know, tomorrow night, a Black Sabbath tribute bands playing in Staten Island, Never Say Die. Where? No, Saturday night. I think I'm going at the... Um, I just did the gig, uh, Staten Island. Um,
1: Yacht Club. Uh, yeah, I'm performing oh, it all night.
2: Oh, that's with a plane down it's by the marina. Um, yeah, they're playing it Saturday night at like fucking six or seven o'clock. I think I'm going. I'll call my I got brother. a show there tomorrow night. Yeah, and play, I Never Say Die is playing there the next night. Yeah, yeah fuck that. Like, Come I, to my I show. Got a, I got a show it's on a, Saturday. But it it's under be. a tent. Yeah. yeah. I did it a couple of weeks ago. It's pretty good. The crowd was yeah, great. yeah. Awesome.
0: That's what I want to hear.
2: Com- I got a show Saturday
0: night, but maybe, like, right afterwards I can uh, uh, come by over there. I would love to go see a Sabbath cover. I'd love to go see any kind of music right now.
2: Yeah, I know.
1: Let's do it. I'll, I'll, you know what, Jeff? My gig is canceled for Saturday night because of the rain. Maybe I'll make it a night, and we'll, uh, we'll do a little Hoosier Band uh,
0: excursion. That'd be cool, yeah. like I'm doing, like, I don't know, like, have you guys done these rooftop shows yet? No. no. I've been doing a bunch of those rooftop shows and some, I mean, listen, the audiences, their their crowd and everything. Who's coming out to these shows is, it's always like a lot of like millennials. It seems like to be people in there, like I usually perform, you know, for a little, I guess a little bit of an older audience, Um, but now it's like people in their 20s, barely their 30s. That's who's coming out to the shows. You know, not really seeing a lot of older
2: people out. Yeah, I've seen that at the stand too. It's a lot of girls. It seems like a lot of girls. White right. girls between, like, 22 and 28. They're actually a pretty good crowd. Like, I think they just happy to be out. So they're not really, you know, so whatever. Anyone that comes to a show, that we're fucking happy.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I got a show to do tonight down in Middletown. So I, I got to get out. But um, again, man, thank you guys so much. Absolutely. All, All right. right. So let's talk about this on Saturday. Jim, hopefully we'll see you on Saturday, too. guys. Take care, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Thank you very much. Take care, everyone.